is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to Moneyline on a beautiful Sunday morning where we're hanging out with the people on Twitch. About 20 of you guys over there telling me, Jerry, drink some Dr. Pepper if you're wondering why. I said, hey, don't be that guy that goes into a draft and says, I don't. I'm not going to get this guy, X guy. Right now we're talking about Sanders. How high should he go? If you want to tune in on Twitch with us during commercial break and interact with us, we have a lot of fun over there. We talk a bunch of football, a bunch of gambling, and, again, we have a lot of good laughs. But, again, we ask, does Sanders deserve to go that high? Are you confident in taking him that high? And, like I said, man, don't go into the draft saying – I'm not going to get so-and-so because if he drops to the, another round and, and his value now opens up, then you take him. So go ahead and make sure that just because I said, uh, I said, oh, man, I drink Coke and I'll pay for it. But if, if somebody gives me a free Dr. Pepper, I'll sip on it. I mean, it was free, you know. I'm, no, it's a good so, point. again, if, if Miles Sanders becomes your Dr. Pepper in the second round, then take that sip. No doubt about it. And like I said earlier, there's no way I'm drafting you know, Joe Mixon. Well, if he's there at the end of the third round and I need a running back, then I'm probably drafting Joe Mixon. So it's all about what value you get these guys at. And the reason why, you know, Miles Sanders is going around 12th overall in most fantasy leagues in PPR. So he's right there at the swing between the first and second round. You know, for me, I would probably take him, like I said, you know, six, seven, eight overall. I like him that much. And here's why receiver is so deep guys that you can just load up third third fourth fifth round and get some great receivers so to me I'd rather get that really good running back because I don't I don't like that group of running backs where you're talking about Todd Gurley and and Melvin Gordon and and even James Conner you know those guys you know that aren't going in the first or second round I like James Conner but Jerry you know you're a Steelers guy he's hurt all the time so that's a big concern for me. I'd rather, you know, get two really good running backs early and then, you know, later on, then I can get, you know, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, I can pick up DJ Moore, you know, Odell Beckham is going 36 overall. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster's right there, Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup. We forget Cooper Cup was fantastic last year. Odell Beckham 36 overall, but just for receiver 17th around that area. Imagine that Odell Beckham, yes. the depth at that position is deep. I mean, Brandon Cooks, somebody here in town that some are saying that he can be that playmaker. He can be that deep guy. Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, 30 and 32nd. Yeah. Uh, uh, just as far as wide receiver, the depth is, I mean, you can, that means you're guy, grabbing these kind of guys. Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Deontay Johnson, you can grab those guys. Not to say those are ones, but those are guys that you can. They can win your league for you. Ex- league winners. And I'm glad you say that because you can't, you can't necessarily win your your league in the first first round or second round you don't usually but you win can it, lose it but you can lose it because you end up making maybe taking a chance there that that doesn't pan out for you so you can win your league though with making those mid-round picks those value picks that end up i mean how many guys can say lamar jackson was in and that's i mean out of context because that was one in a however many seasons this league even existed but those middle guys are league winners those guys that that, that you they end up becoming a, a concrete piece of your team no doubt about it and Will Fuller's a guy I like in the sixth or seventh round because if he comes through and he stays healthy, he could be a top 10 receiver. And I know that's a big if. He's hurt a lot. But also that's why you're taking him in like the sixth or seventh round 
because you you could take a flyer at that point. The other guy is, you know, I really like what the Ravens have with Hollywood Brown. He's going in that same area where Will Fuller's going. Did you see he put on like 20 or 30 pounds of muscle? The only worry with him, it's not injury as much, even though he was a little banged up last year. It's are the Ravens going to throw enough for him to come through for you? So all these guys, they have their issues, right? That's why they're not going in the second or third round. That's why they're going in the sixth or seventh round because there's concerns with them. And Brandon Cooks, you know, he's a guy you might be able to get in the seventh round. So if you like him, you can go after him. But for me, I like that chemistry that, that Watson already has with Fuller. They've played together for a while. So I would rather take Fuller. Double-digit targets. That's what's missing right now yeah. from, from DeAndre Hopkins being gone. Double-digit targets. Someone's someone's getting those looks. Yes. Someone where? I don't know where. Now, if we say that the defense hasn't gotten any better, which obviously they didn't. They didn't. The defense that gives up 50 burgers, right? <laughs> yeah. So if you're thinking, hey, they didn't get better, they're going to be in in games that are more shootouts, or they might be trailing. Then that's more targets to go around. That's something you have to look at. Uh, opportunity. An opportunity knocks in the form of one guy that has – Okay, so if you had to say, who does Watson trust out of that? It has to be Fuller. He, I mean, he doesn't really know Cobb that much. He doesn't really know Cooks that much. He doesn't know these guys. Who does he trust on that on on those, uh, that wide receiver group? The guy that he he knows that when healthy, he can make plays. That maybe moves me, for me, Will Fuller, over Cooks. Because at this time, they both get injuries. Maybe Fuller, as of late, a little bit more and in, in, in more long, uh, I guess, lengthy. Right, but the longevity of them. But if you ask me right now, Will Fuller or Brandon Cooks, I'm taking Fuller. Me too. And on Sports Map, uh, Cody Davis did an article for us. He's been covering the Texans, doing a nice job. So if you want to know what's going on at camp, head to Sports Map, check out some of Cody Davis's stuff. But he did a piece on Will Fuller, and this is why I bring this up. The Texans might be looking to use him more in intermediate routes this year. That he's because now they have Brandon Cooks. Now Fuller, the thought is that he doesn't have to be the deep threat anymore. And part of why they're doing this is you put a lot of stress on your hamstring when you're running those go routes all the time. Whereas if you're running more, you know, crossing routes, you're not having to get up to max speed immediately. You can kind of, you know, run across the field. Think of Michael Thomas. You know, he can kind of ramp himself up and then hit full speed because he's not running go routes. So the thought is, is if they use Will Fuller underneath a little bit more, maybe he'll be healthier this year. The general makes a uh, good point right here. Weird that Cooks get, keeps getting traded. And I also... I told you I've seen comments from O'Brien is a is a chess player, you know, and things <laughs> like that. And, and and now they say the same thing as far as the Cooks, the way that all these other teams gave up first round picks. Ha ha, tricks on them. Look how the Texans got. And I'm thinking, how, how could somebody possibly think like that? <laughs> Obviously, I'm thinking the opposite end. If if everyone's giving up or more to get him and then he's gone, then obviously it's they said maybe we gave up too much. Maybe we can. Like how we said the equity on Grinky's real high. Maybe the equity on Cooks was still there because it's not like he has he bombs out his season. He doesn't. But I think that when you bring him in, you bring him in. The Patriots, they brought him in to be more than that. And and he just never panned out. And all of a sudden people are saying, well, that that's the mastermind O'Brien. Look at him getting over on guys. Once again, he wins the trade. But let's actually look at the, the evidence and the stats to that. When New England traded for him, he was coming off an 1,173-yard season with eight touchdowns. They gave up that first-round pick for him, right? Coming off a big, big year. He had 583 yards last year. That's not the same. He wasn't pulling out the bow and arrow <laughs> yeah. that often at all. No bow and arrow was getting pulled. That's he. You see the logic? And yes. I read that, and I'm thinking, 
what in the world is this guy? What's the thought process to saying to, to even saying that that man? He's a mastermind for this because everyone else traded first round picks and and now they got him for cheaper. Get out of here. That's the problem here. Now, do I think that he can do something here? Yeah, I believe that the 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 the, the scenario he's in because for New England. He had to be a certain guy. He was never going to be Randy Moss. And, you know, they've tried to plug in many guys there to, to try to give that downfield threat, that strip. Mm-hmm. And they just – it's never happened. They're still dealing with that now. Uh, Cooks wasn't made for that. And you have to be an extremely, extremely smart route runner. Not to say that Cooks isn't, but you see that they – the New England way, it's a certain way that you have to play that offense moves a certain way. They're not looking exactly for that deep ball unless it was the Randy Moss years. You haven't seen it since then. No, and that's why there's some concern. Will will Brady be able to work in this Bruce Arians offense, pushing the ball down the field? I think he will. But, you know, back to the Patriots, they do it differently there. They have a certain system, and that's why I think Brandon Cooks is a good fit for the Texans because he played in that Patriot offense. He knows that system, and we know that's very similar to what O'Brien uses here in Houston. So he's more familiar than a, a normal guy that just got traded to the team. You know, he he understands the offense better than a, a different receiver would. Now, let's talk about just to kill off the NFC East, mm-hmm. and there's not much to talk about there. The Washington football team, Anything as far as, I mean, they don't even know who the quarterback's going to be right now. <laughs> they don't. It'll probably be Haskins, but we don't know for sure. I think Terry McLaurin, you like him in the middle rounds. I think he uh, could come through for you. League winner. Yeah. We talk about guys that can win your league. Terry McLaurin was that guy. He he could win your league. He Or, or he won many leagues last year. He'll be grossly undrafted, or, or I'm not going to say undrafted, because he'll get drafted, obviously, but drafted way under what his value really is on the field. I yeah. was able to get him in, like, the, the sixth. That's good, because his, his ADP is about 51 right now, so he's going in around the fifth or sixth round. So that's good value there. The, the issue, I like him. But outside of him, not really anybody else. I mean, maybe you take Adrian Peterson in like the 11th round. Trey Quinn. So, look, this is the wide receiver group. We talked about best, you know, maybe tight end groups. This is who they got catching the ball. Terry McLaurin, Steven Sims Jr., Dontro Inman, um, Antonio Gandy-Golden, and Trey Quinn. Uh, that, that's who they got. Now, if you look at tight end. They finally cut ties with the uh, the headache. Uh, what's his name, man? My, I, I, my, my mind went blank. The concussion. Trent guy. Williams. No, 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 no. No, the no. tight end that's always hurt, right? Uh, yeah. Either way, <laughs> they picked up Thaddeus Moss. Um, I don't. I mean, who's he throwing the ball to? McLaurin. Yeah, McLaurin's probably his guy. Um, they go back to Ohio State. Him and Haskins, and that was the guy Haskins specifically requested. The, the Washington football team draft. So I think he's going to be the guy. He's going to have a breakout year. And we talk about, okay, is it Haskins? Is it going to be Alex Smith? Kyle Allen knocking on the door? It's just <laughs> I just heard on ESPN that Alex Smith had a big part of practice today. So he, he very well could be the starter. I just I think you you roll with Haskins and see what you have, and if he doesn't play well, you can always go to Alex Smith. But I think you need to play the young guy. I say they play they gamble for it before the game. You know, a game of Super Smash Brothers. You know, the winner. <laughs> Rock paper scissors. Something. No, we, we got to get a little creative. With leg it. wrestle with yes. Alex Smith's leg. <laughs> with that <laughs> beef jerky, he, he he could twist it all types of way. His thing won't break no more. It's just jerky. Now let's get into another division. We're gonna get over to the Patriots. We're gonna see if that division has changed at. All. Hang on. The NFC, <laughs> AFC East, right? Yeah. 
Okay. Hey. I hope they still play it. <laughs> I'm not seeing it on the. I'm not seeing. Well, it. who needs anything fancy? Let's get right into it. Let's t- get into the Patriots. Oh, there we go. <laughs> you got to forgive me, Bo. It's early in the morning. You know, we're close to the break. You got to right. forgive me. We threw a curveball to you there, Trey. Yeah, we'll get into the AFC East. Why don't we do that on the other side since we're up against a break here? Yeah, let's get a let's get to a break. I'm gonna go bang my head on something here on ESPN 97.5. Sorry. Not all face masks offer the same protection. At ESPN 97.5, we wear Boomer Naturals masks because they have three-layer nano-silver protection in sizes for adults, teens, and kids. Order now at BoomerNaturals.com and use promo code ESPNHouston for 20% off. Boomer Naturals, the official masks of ESPN Houston. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, 713-780-3776 at Moneyline975. It's where you can find us on Twitter. You can text us, tweet us. You can find us on Twitch. We have a group over there hanging out. Shout out to all you guys talking about uh, Jordan Reed. Shout out to Dre for that one. That's the headache that was over there on the Washington football team. And uh, a lot of people are wondering about the Patriots over under as far as wins. Let's start there because we are breaking down the AFC East. AFC East. Now, what do you think as far as over under eight and a half wins coming from where they've been accustomed to in those double digit win regions? This isn't the same team. No. I mean, they started out like eight and oh last year. Didn't they win like 10 or 11 of their first 12 games? Something like that. They were on fire to start the year. But a lot of guys are sitting out on their defense that aren't playing this year. Tom Brady's gone. We'll see if what Cam can do. We know there weren't any good receivers on the team. They don't have any great tight ends. They drafted some, but and you said the number's around eight and a half. I, yeah. I would lean to the under, but I think that's about right. But that's it's only because their division is awful. You know, they're gonna they got to play the Jets twice. They're, they're going to be terrible again. I, the Dolphins are rebuilding. The Bills are good, but not great. So I'll lean towards the under. What Cam do you get this year? The one that was closer to the one from 2018 that left off then, or do you get the Cam that? is going, going to maybe have an excuse that the list Frank surgeries and all these other surgeries that have been around him, he's had some surgeries. Is that going to be the ultimate thing that we hear after this season, saying, man, he never got back to what he was because of the injuries? What do we think of him? What's his, what's his ceiling? I, I don't think it's great, Jerry, and here's why. Because they don't have a lot of good receivers around him, I think he's going to have to run for them to have success. I think he's going to have to use his legs, which means he's going to get hit more. So and he, you know he's already taken a beating and remember he came in late you know that the Patriots offense is complicated and he has not received a full off season to learn that playbook so the odds are kind of stacked against him. I also heard they might platoon at quarterback as well. That's what Bill Belichick was saying. 18th overall quarterback is where he's going as far as ADP, which makes him outside of a quarterback one. He's basically your backup quarterback. 
does he remain that way maybe other than, other than the filling guy? Because who is he going to replace if you have a QB1 of this top 12 guys? I don't see him other than Josh Allen, that summer Carson Wentz. Those are the guys towards the back of it, end of it. Tom Brady's back there. I don't believe he falls off. I mean, he'd have to replace one of those guys. Stafford, fringe, quarterback one. Yeah, he's in that. You know, we talked about Daniel Jones earlier in the show. You know, Cam and Daniel Jones and Ben, ben Roethlisberger, they're all kind of going in the double-digit rounds at quarterback. I'd rather take a flyer on maybe Roethlisberger having a bounce-back season. You know, it's he's been pretty good when he's healthy. So I'd probably rather go with him. Cam just worries, and it's not because of Cam. They just they don't have a lot of good receivers. Start there. Which receiver do you uh, – obviously Edelman, but how much does a step back does he take? Do you think he takes a step back, or is it now? Because Edelman, he's a move-the-chains guy. He's not he a, is. He's not a beat-you-deep guy. And then you got Nikhil Harry that they've been trying to, to make into a, a smart receiver, which that's a, a task at hand in itself. I'm not sure if, if, if Cam has enough weapons to where – we're going to look back, and I think there's going to be a lot of – if he's not successful as, as people paint it to be, and what's considered successful? A lot of, Say, man, the Patriots, they should tank and get Trevor Lawrence. How bad would they have to be? Uh, how many wins? Four wins? Three, I mean, five wins? How bad would Bilicek have to be? He would literally have to make game-losing decisions because if we credit him for being maybe the GOAT of all time as far as NFL coaches, he's obviously uh, he, he's responsible for some of those wins, some of those late-game coaching moves that you say, man, that Bilicek, yeah, they the players executed, but it was Bilicek that, that helped them get that win. Well, what happens if Bilicek has to help them get losses? I just don't see him here being that guy just checking out. Out just to get Trevor Lawrence or even compete to get him. What if you're third, third worse? And yeah. that, you know, you have to be, for, pretty, I mean, depending who gets that pick, but people are going to trade up for him. It's going to be a wild, wild, I guess, predicament and who ends up getting Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. And talk about a strange draft coming up where some of these teams might not even play college football. So you're going to know less about these guys. He's just going to send a strand of hair. <laughs> you get a strand in hair of, of, of Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, I, I'm drafting him first. That's all you get from him. Who else in this Patriots offense? Because we know the backfield is also in question. We don't know if Sonny Michelle can withstand the injuries. He's had, no. He had injuries coming in to, to the year as far as he was already getting work done to him before the season started. He's been a guy that had work to done to him in college. How sure are you that he can make it 16 games? I'm not. And, I, I mean, Damian Harris might even be the main guy there. And then, remember, they signed Lamar Miller. So Lamar Vanilla yes, Miller. Yes, yes. So, I mean, there's so many guys that, for me, James White. Maybe I take him in a PPR league and just hope he gets me some catches. I mean, that's the only running back I'm, I'm all that interested in there. I mean, Edelman, maybe. if he, He's one of those guys like we talked about. If he falls to me at a good value, maybe I take him in a PPR league. But, dude, he's 34 now, and he had a lot of drops last year. So this whole division is kind of you just want to hold your nose. You talk about your hold-your-nose bets. I feel that way about this division. There's not a lot of players I'm excited about to draft for my fantasy team. Hold your nose when it comes to Josh Allen being drafted in the top 12, let's call it, depending uh, as a QB1. Many are saying because his legs are going to come alive this year. Nine rushing touchdowns last season. But if you look on the other end, it was only 3,000 passing yards. He has to do it with his legs. Now, you can say the same thing about Lamar Jackson, only 3,100. But 36 passing touchdowns, that's where the difference is. Yeah, there'll be regression to the mean. But what do we expect from Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills? Because I think they can only go as far as he lets them. 
I, I'm with you. I just I don't think he's going to run as much. I think that's why they traded for Diggs. I think they want to throw the ball more. And he's what's funny about him is he's got a huge arm, right? He talks about you know doing a throwing contest with Patrick Mahomes. But the problem is he's not very accurate. He's really terrible at deep passes, even though that's his strength for having such a big arm. So I think they're going to throw more shorter routes, and I think that's why they brought Diggs in. So if he doesn't come through like with rushing touchdowns for you, he's going to let you down this year. He's a guy I am avoiding in fantasy drafts. Much of his numbers came from those those rushing numbers. He would, I mean, I remember having him in DraftKings thinking, how the hell, 200 passing yards, and, and he's got me X amount of points. It comes from those, but... We know second or, or, or when the coordinators have more time to prep for you and you play a certain way, you better know that they're going to try to watch his wheels. But Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley, those are names that, that are serviceable. He has Singletary to throw to a little bit. Now we talk about rookies and, and, and camps and talk about it. Zach Moss. People yeah. are saying that Zach Moss might be that guy. TJ Yeldon, third guy over there. Not that I expect much of him, but... They have even Taiwan Jones is over there. They have four guys in that backfield. Zach Moss might get his shot, but we saw Singletary, especially against the Texans in that game, he can run hard as well. He can, and Zach Moss is really good in the passing game as well. So you're seeing him fly up draft boards. But I'm kind of with you, man. Like Singletary really impressed me in that Texans game. But I mean, people are raving about Moss. So you're seeing a lot of people drafting Moss instead because he's the cheaper value. And you, that's one of the little tricks of the trade in fantasy, right? Like if if two guys are kind of similar on the same team and they play the same position, draft the guy that, that's a higher draft pick as far as you know going later in the draft. Roll the dice on the guy that you don't have to spend as much draft equity on and then hope he comes through. So that's why a lot of people are drafting Zach Moss. In 15 games last season, Stefan Diggs had 1,130 yards, but only six receiving touchdowns. Can he beat those numbers overall from a fantasy standpoint? 155 fantasy points, but that's okay. That's 10 points per game. 10.3. That's not much. No, that's not much. He has to be able to. You would think. No, I'm with you. I I don't love this division, and that's why I don't feel like there's a lot of great offenses over here. I feel like there's other ways you can spend your draft picks that can help you out more. And you know, we go over. Let's move to the Dolphins real quick. Is there anybody on the Dolphins that you feel good about this year? Not really. I, I mean, I just I don't know what direction they take uh, because we talk about rookies not having enough time. How can we? What can we expect of Tua? What uh, if he has a mediocre season? Are we calling him the, the next Dan Marino? If he has next a bad Marino, <laughs> year if, to year if he has a bad season, what are we calling him? Because are we saying, man, give him a redo? You know, let's run that back. Yep. What is it that you do with him? Because I'm not sure that you can make so many decisions of was it a success or not this particular year with his weapons that he has. His we- you're asking a lot for that guy to go out there and just start winning games. What's what's the bar for the Dolphins as far as saying, hey, they did, what is it, exceeding expectations or with the wins from last season? I mean, they did get some good additions. I think they'll be better on defense. They have every draft pick from the Texans for the next 10 years. At least that's what I was told in the Tunsil deal. Um, I'm kidding, of course, but it feels that way. Devontae Parker, they brought him back. So maybe he's a guy you look at. Remember, Jordan Howard is now on that team. So, you know, maybe late. You- I just dropped my phone yeah. when you said Jordan How- <laughs> uh, or Howard. Uh, it, man, I don't – it's just ugly. It's just – what is he getting? What is it, what what weapons does he have? Five and eleven last year. The projected win total six over or under. Josh, Ugh, I'm going under. 
What's y'all's opinions on Mike Gusecki? I fell into that trap last season going into it. They were talking about he was the he was the next Gronkowski. You know, I was hearing all types of talk. And then I was starting them the first two or three weeks. And I think he had one little moment. But, I, I mean, I guess on that, we talk about maybe having opportunity with that receiver group. Uh, opportunities there for him. And now he has a quarterback. Shout out to uh, – and not shout out, but but uh, I guess peace be with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I saw he left pra- practice um, first. And that and that's the thing, man, about people reporting. They say Ryan Fitzpatrick leaves leaves practice distraught, um, no injury or nothing. So you're thinking, man, what happened? If they would have just waited a little, a little bit longer, you would have found out that his mother passed away. Yeah. So, um, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I know that that's a, that's a rough thing. Uh, Coach Brian Flores said he dealt with it last season, so he feels pain. He does. And, I mean – you talk about it, that is something tough to deal with, guys. And the other things that's tough to deal with is the big changes we have right now also. You know, I don't want to die. No, I don't want to die. I want to wear my mask. I want to protect myself, guys. And not all of them have the same comfort and protection. That's why ESPN 97.5, we all recommend the Boomer Naturals three-layer comfortable and highly breathable mask. And that's the big thing, guys. It's Not only does it protect you, but it's comfortable to breathe in. I have mine right here behind me. I wear it everywhere. They come in sizes for adults, children, all kinds of stuff in stock. Uh, I talked to a Moneyline listener just the other day that, that ordered theirs, and they got a lot of compliments on their mask. They have all different kinds of styles and colors, really cool stuff. Go to boomernaturals.com, and it's that protective nano silver technology that's woven into the fabric. That's really the, what helps you out and protects you. I think it's the best mask on the market. I love mine. One of the other cool things, they donate a mask cover for every order, so they're actually helping out the community. They're helping people out. So if you want to help yourself out, order now at boomernaturals.com. Use promo code Jordan, and you'll save 20%. That's all you got to do. Boomernaturals.com. Put in my promo code Jordan. Save 20%. Free shipping if you spend 50 bucks. Really great stuff. We highly recommend it. Boomernaturals.com. This is Heisman Trophy winner Troy Smith, and you're listening to ESPN 97.5. Go Bucks! Listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, where we are breaking down as many divisions we can, getting you ready for the kickoff that is coming next week. It's official. It's here. It's within the horizon. It's within reach. And we hope that we reach that day on that Thursday night. Your beer is going to be extra cold. Your TV is going to look extra vibrant, and the Texans are going to run extra fast. They're going to need to. They're going to have to run. They're going to have to. They're going to have to do something other than. And I was going to say a little less than that fifty burger, but you don't. You don't go out of the game and say we expected to score fifty. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like that the way that sounds. But again, we're close to football. We're getting you in the mood, and I guess that mood is going to mess up the taste that you have in your mouth right now because we're in the AFC East and we've broken down the Patriots. We touched the Dolphins a little bit, and now we're going to talk about the Jets. And what to talk about the Jets is, can Le'Veon Bell get on the same page as his coach? Uh, are they coming out? They're saying, is the hamstring, is it, is it, is it tightened? Is it not? They, give, they, they tell Le'Veon Bell to leave practice because the hamstring. Le'Veon Bell takes it to social media. You know, he's not holding anything back. And he says, 
My hamstring's just fine. I'm not, I don't know what they're talking about. What's going on here, Josh? I think Adam Gase and Le'Veon Bell hate each other. They I, need to fire Adam the, Gase today. I know. I mean, and now we're seeing... I don't want Le'Veon Bell on my fantasy team unless I'm getting him like in the seventh or eighth round. And here's why. Frank Gore, he's going to come in. They're saying Frank Gore looks like the best running back at, at camp. And, of course, they're saying that because Gase hates Le'Veon Bell, apparently. So, you know, Frank Gore is going to get all these touches. He's going to steal your touchdowns. It, Le'Veon Bell owners, beware. This is this does not look good. I mean, ever since he held out, it has been nothing but bad years for him. How? What's... The drop-off. Okay, he was a 400-touch guy a season. Yeah. He was touching the ball 400 times. Historic things that only he had done. When you look back and they were like, well, who's done this? You would look back and say, he was the only one that was doing 400 touches. He was a guy that you were drafting top two or three. You know, even when Zeke started making this move and Cowboy fans were coming at me saying, man, Zeke's better than Bell. I was dying on that Bell Hill. I was yeah. saying, you're crazy. Now, if you look at things, I was the crazy one. Look at Bell. I mean, I guess you could say deservedly so. He was a headache to leave the 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 Steelers. He he did the same thing. Again, it goes back to what Tomlin was allowing these guys to do. But now, I guess he him and Gase, they're calling it a long time they spoke. Gase says he was caught a little bit off guard, but they had a good talk. I told him I felt like our relationship is way better than him going on uh, when he went on social media. Um they buried the hatchet, they said. I mean, that's what you <laughs> say, right? And you know what would make a lot of sense? Trade him. You know, why not trade him to the Bears? You know, we, we saw Montgomery go down with that injury. Le'Veon Bell on the Bears would make a lot of sense. Somebody's got to want some of that deal, though. I, they believe it was a five-year deal. You know, And remember, they tried to pay him what he was asking. He didn't get as much. No. But they gave him some money. I don't think many teams – I mean, yeah, some teams will take a chance. But the way they saw him step back, I think it's something more between the ears rather than uh, physical attributes. That's You saw him being able to take 400 – touches and and you would hardly ever see him get hurt it's true i mean it would make sense on the bears right because they don't have a great quarterback they have a good defense so they need a lean on the running game Le'Veon bell would make a lot of sense for them I'm, i might roll the dice there because you're not going to expect trubisky to to carry you if he even ends up being the starting quarterback there so i think that would make sense and man as far as the receivers on the jets i'm just meh you know, it's not a division I'm excited about. 19 to 13 touchdown to interception ratio. Sam Darnold, 28th overall score in 13 games last season. A step forward in any direction. Coming into that draft, we talked about well, who was it going to be. We talked about Allen earlier. And coming into that draft, we had heard about, okay, Allen, he can make throws that no other quarterback in the draft can make. Not precision ones, but deep ones. Ones that you're just like, oh my gosh, this is like a video game. Now, in that same draft, though, you would hear that Darnold was the guy that can make the throws. He yes. was he was the he was the gamer. He was the guy that was gonna maybe move a franchise. But how much of a push do you have to give to move the Jets franchise in the right direction? Thirteen game sample last season. We know he got he he was uh he got sick. You remember that? Yeah, this is he had mono. <laughs> he had the COVID the baby COVID before COVID came Who around. Who do you think he kissed to get mono? All in New York, probably. He's More a quarterback. <laughs> Someone. Either way, 28th overall. I'm not asking him to take a step to be a quarterback one, but at 17.1 points per game, what can a kind of move can he make? Can he can he jump himself up to a QB2 at least? With Jamison Crowder basically like being you know, like who he's throwing to. I, I just 
I don't feel like there's enough talent around him. And if they're not playing Le'Veon Bell a whole lot and they're using Frank Gore, there's only so much upside on that offense. So I like Darnold as a player, but there's just not enough around him. Brashard Perryman, they're gonna yeah. tr- they're gonna try to uh, ignite the the career of when we saw him for a few games. You remember that he's had a half a good season, if half of half a good season. Yeah. We're gonna call this a quarter of a season that he's put out there. But then again, who's who, who's knocking on the door? Denzel Mims, Chris Hogan, Baby Edelman, <laughs> Chris Hogan still in the he league. He used to be a quarterback, right? Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Breaking news: Dante Moncrief. <laughs> you know he's gonna he's gonna. Turn back the hands of time to the little time that he had, which wasn't even much. But that's who he has. Chris Herndon, uh, um, I'm not sure I can buy into this They're team. like collecting every receiver bust in the draft over the past five years and putting them on one team. But they're it, also collecting yeah. uh, old schools and Joe Flacco. <laughs> yeah. He, Joey Flacco. I like him as a backup, though. I'm, I'm going to say, if you have Joe Flacco as your backup and you're a good team, you're doing pretty well. But we, this is the Jets. They suck. We talk about best tight end groups, best uh, receiver groups, best backup quarterback groups. Uh, Flacco, uh, David Fells. He's there also. Uh, a, a big ball thrower, uh, Washington State. Uh, I, I mean, it's a, I think in a Luke Fol or Folk. Oh, that's oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. right. David Fails went to San Jose State. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Either way, man, I'm not. I'm not confident in this team at all. Me not neither. one bit. I'm not. I, I don't want anything to do with them. Uh, get me away from them. They're yeah. a lottery team. They are. And look, fantasy football 101. You pick guys from good offenses and preferably guys on good offenses that have bad defenses because they're going to be chasing points. So you're going to want to mostly avoid this division. So we got a few minutes left here. Do we want to get into Mock My Mock here or do it on the other side? Let's go ahead and give a Mock My Mock. All um, right. Mock My Mock with Josh Jordan. There you go, Trey. Good work, my man. We finally got one. We got one right. Okay, so... I've done two Mock My Mocks already. One of them I did from the number one spot in the draft. The other one I did from the number six spot. And this one I'm doing from the number 12 spot. So the very end of the draft to give you very different perspectives. So when I had the number one overall pick, I built my team around Christian McCaffrey. When I had the number six overall pick, I built it around Clyde Edwards-Elaire. This time, I wanted to see what would happen, Jerry, because I told you I like taking two running backs early this year, right? That's my strategy. But I wanted to see what would happen to my team if I went receiver early and I pushed running backs late just to see what my team would look like. So from picking from the 12 spot, I decided to grab two receivers back-to-back right there. So I took Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. And keep in mind, this is a a non-PPR draft. This is a standard draft. So I took two receivers there, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill. Now, my other options, I could have taken Kenyon Drake right there. I could have taken Joe Mixon. Aaron Jones and Austin Eckler were there as well. Now, Eckler probably would have been my pick, but since it's not PPR, it's standard, I stayed away from him. So that's how I started my team, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill. That's a good start, especially how you say it's non-PPR. If you look at Tyreek Hill scoring in non-PPR, he's the man. That's what he does. What separates him back is the volume. But if you're looking for that big play in a small amount of volume, go ahead, Tyreek Hill. And Devontae Adams catches a lot of touchdowns, right? So that helps you out as well. Was Hopkins gone or who was up there? No, Hopkins was still there. I could have taken Hopkins. But we talked about it earlier about having being familiar with your team. And you're going to tell me that it's I wouldn't rather have Devontae Adams, familiar with his quarterback. Hill, familiar with his quarterback. Hopkins, unfamiliar. 
good call. And, you know, Julio was there, too, who I really considered. But it came down to the touchdowns, right? And, you know, Julio, he'll have about 100 catches and 1,400 yards, but he may only get you five or six touchdowns. So that's why I did what I did. So the the question of the day, who was left for me at running back when I picked again? Dun, dun, dun. Right. So that's where it gets tricky. So my pick was at number 36 overall and number 37 overall. I did something I've been doing in a lot of drafts this year. I took James Conner right there to be my number one back from the Steelers. And then I took Jonathan Taylor. You're seeing a theme, right? I'm taking a lot of Jonathan Taylor this year. A lot of people are comparing him to Zeke Elliott to where, you know, he's that guy coming out in the draft that could have a big, big impact and think it's similar to Zeke in the aspect that now the Colts are the team that are known to have the best offensive line, right? And it used to be the Cowboys. So I take Jonathan Taylor right there at number 37 overall. I like it. Uh, it's well-rounded, and I know that you're waiting for that late QB pick. Hopefully, the, the guy that you waited for, did he fall in your lap? Let's take a look. So after that, I, I went and got more depth. I got Kareem Hunt with my next pick at 60, and then I took a flyer on A.J. Green at 61. I mean, we forget A.J. Green and Julio Jones were very similar for a lot of years. It's just Green's been injured a little bit more. So, you know, you run that risk with him. But, you know, in the sixth round, I'll, I'll take that. And I'll get to my quarterback just here in a second. At 84 overall, I went ahead and grabbed my tight end with Hunter Henry. Nice. Yeah, I, like I mean, it. not terrible, right? And then I did the thing I've been doing in so many leagues. I took Marlon Mack at 85 overall in the eighth round. So now I got Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack. If they start out with Marlon Mack as the starter for the first half of the season. You got the bulk of the carries. I got him right there. So I like that move. I think it worked out for me. So let's see. You asked about my quarterback. I ended up getting Matt Ryan with the last pick around nine. Imagine that. Yeah. If you look at that team overall, where do you really say, man, there's a hole right there. Now, you feel that maybe, okay, the Taylor hole is saying, well, how do you know he's going to be? Well, you had value. That value of Mac. Mac loses so much value just the way people are talking about it. People want the shiny new toy the rookie the guy that's that they want to be that guy that said man i was right on that rookie not knowing that that rookie uh, might not have the opportunity till maybe week six or seven and how much opportunity we have three running backs in that backfield you think that whenever that rookie finally gets his shot he's gonna have to over excel over exceed expectations until then it's max it's max and we talk about it this is a weird off season right for rookies they didn't get nearly as much work with the teams because of covid so a lot of these rookies might take longer to develop than in other seasons how do you go as far as finishing off a team in the late rounds man do you because a lot of people use them as throwaway picks you know sure do you want your Okay, how do you draft? Do you go by holes? Okay, say you got two running backs and you're saying, man, I at least need one receiver. Once you get, when do you start saying, okay, I've got enough receivers, I can I, I can go to another position. What what do you do with those late round draft picks instead of because a lot of people throw them away? I take flyers, guys that can bring back way more value than originally thought. So a guy that I grabbed trail like this, I took Tony Pollard. You know, I took him in the twelfth round. If Zeke goes down, he could be a top five running back. Coming I think into so too. coming into last season, remember that Zeke was holding out, and it was Pollard. People were drafting Pollard real high, and 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 yeah. it's, it's just a, the same situation you have with the uh, Colts, like how you said you're going to guarantee yourself some. A lot of people did that. It was draft Zeke early and then get Pollard late. And I, I somebody hated on my draft, man. They saw me get Zeke, and then they put Pollard like real early. I'm saying. 
what are you doing? You knew my plan. I needed that backup. <laughs> so, again, be be careful. Look at other people's plans, though. See if a, if a person gets, okay, if someone uses a strategy that Josh just did, you can hate on them really easy if they go out and get Taylor and they're thinking, man, I'm going to get Mac, and you come up and get Mac. Now you took the running back one from him. You took the his plan. So if you have that opportunity, don't be scared to use it. No, or you could use them as trade bait, right? You know that guy wants those two running backs together. Maybe you get a really good receiver out of the deal. This is how we do on a Sunday, the Raptors today, money line. I'm hitting the Raptors. I'm hitting the Raptors for the series. I think that the series is going to go easy the Raptors way. I think that they're a more complete team. Gordon Hayward going down. That's about a 5.1 uh, points per possession difference. I think that the Raptors are the team that's going to beat the Bucks out of the East. Raptors are probably going to the NBA Finals, and that's all in my opinion. But my opinion, I back it with dollars, and hopefully you back it as well. Back the Raptors money line today, and back the Raptors all both five unit uh, five unit max bombs on the series. You're listening to Money Line ESPN Listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. One more time, we're going to celebrate on my bookie. That's the only place that I like to celebrate wins. You're going to do it like this. You're going to get the Clippers team total over 123.5. I believe that they are going to score in the 130s. If there's anything that this series has taught you is that these teams are going to run. And when they run, I believe that the Clippers are going to have the ultimate say in this particular matchup without Porzingis in. Mavericks, there's only so much they can do. Now, do I get scared a little bit about the blowout factor? Yeah, it's a 10-point spread over under 238. So why do you still do it? Why would you still press that team total? Because you look at blowouts and you say, okay, if there's a blowout, who's that second and third team guy? Well, if you're telling me that you have Lou Williams and, and Reggie Jackson back there or, or those type of, of point guards to back up the the first team, those guys run faster offense than the original first team. So giving me that frame of thought, guys that like to throw up shots, I think that the Clippers are going to beat beat up the Mavericks. They're going to beat them up bad. The Mavericks might hang out, uh, hang tough for a little bit, but with no Porzingis, there's only so much that Luka can do. Look for the Clippers to score over the team total, 123.5. Go to mybookie.ag, use promo code RADIO, and start winning. That's what we do here on Moneyline every single Sunday. There you have it, guys. Get over there. Get your bets in right now. Jerry's ready to get it going, right? You're ready to change things around and get on a hot streak. And, man, Jerry does. He gets on those hot streaks, and you just want to be along for the ride. So get over there, mybookie, right now. Man, we just have a few minutes left in the show. It feels like today's show has flown by. Um a lot of people are drafting their fantasy teams this weekend and next weekend, right? This is a popular time to do it. Do you have any advice for people? And Trey, we'll get you in on this too. Any any tips like that that when you're when you're approaching, you have a draft coming up. Anything that 
that you like to do, a strategy you want to give to people, or maybe just some players that you find yourself drafting a lot this year? I really like getting, like like you said, getting my number one running back really early and then kind of just stacking up on receivers because as vital as running backs are, if you if you got like a deep roster of receivers, you know, you, you're kind of putting yourself in a good position to get more points considering – you know, there's more touches sometimes towards receivers. So I, I say go high on receivers. Get your number, your two running backs you know you're going to run in on your RB1 and RB2 and then just kind of stack up on receivers. And sometimes you don't even need a quarterback. Like, you don't need a backup quarterback. Wait till the waiver wire opens. And one more thing, draft a kicker before you get a defense. I mean, kickers are really vital and sometimes you don't even, like I said, with quarter backup quarterbacks, you don't even need a defense until you can find the waiver wire. Now, I'm going to go against Trey on that one because one of my, uh, I guess, tips is don't even draft a kicker or defense. Mm. I don't draft them at all. I go ahead and fill up as much depth as I can because if you're waiting, if you're waiting to the 15th, 16th round anyways, then what's the point of grabbing those defenses that are going to be on the waiver wire anyways? You're right? going to miss out on Justin Tucker, though, the greatest kicker ever. But Justin Tucker gets drafted in the 11th, 10th round. He never, you know, when somebody always breaks the seal, whether it's on quarterbacks, then the first quarterback goes, then someone starts wondering, man, someone's going to take my quarterback. The first tight end, the big tight end, then someone says, man, someone's about to take Kittle. Same thing with kickers. As soon as Tucker goes, and then maybe, uh, what, Gostowski for a while, or those names, but after a while, people will say, man, I don't even know any other kickers let me grab this kicker so if you get yourself in that predicament to where you're wondering man i don't even know one of these kickers just go ahead and fill out your roster and then just pick up a kicker in your defense off the waiver wire those guys are going to be there anyways if you've gotten to the 15 16 round what what's the point of you know at that point they're gone and also draft for needs not for holes okay Mm -hmm. Uh, or i'm sorry draft for value not for holes and needs in other words don't just say, man, I'm missing a tight end. I got to go ahead and grab a tight end here. And then there's a, a solid wide receiver that could be a wide receiver too, you know? But you're saying, man, I'm already good. I'm a, No, draft mm-hmm. for value because someone else is going to use them. You always see that one guy at the end of a draft and you're, and you're looking and you're thinking, man, I need a running back. And then you go and look and, and one guy on the ro- one guy in the league's got five, six running backs. And then and what happens? You automatically start trying to think of ways you could trade one from him. So if you get to a point in your draft where you say, man, I I need to pick up trade equity here. Uh, Yes, I have my two starting running backs. This receiver probably is not going to even start on my team. I got, you know, he's my wide receiver four. This running back could be a starter. Let me go ahead and get him in case somebody needs him later on down the line. So, so think, uh, uh, I guess, a move ahead just in case. Yeah, that that's that's actually really good advice. There's when there's really good players, take them. Even though you know you may have a roster spot to fill at a position. Get the best player, and then you can make some other moves. A couple of the tips I'm doing this year is if you miss out on one of the good tight ends, you know, if you miss out on Kittle or you miss out on Kelsey or, you know, somebody you really like, you wait a really long time and then maybe take two of them. You know what I mean? Like, so wait till the very, very end of your draft and then maybe grab, you know, Hunter Henry, maybe, maybe grab Noah Fant or Hawkinson, you know, grab two of these guys and then there's a better chance. Maybe one of them pops for you. And then you didn't waste, you know, like Jerry was talking about, instead of taking a, a meh tight end in the middle rounds, get a guy that could be your number two receiver. Even if you don't need it, just get it. You might end up playing that guy in your flex the whole season. 
Another thing, Trey hinted on it uh, or hinted at it. Wait on quarterback. There are so many good quarterbacks that that you know you can wait until the double digit rounds and get Matthew Stafford or Ben Roethlisberger. Last year, I got Lamar Jackson in the tenth or eleventh round. There are so many good quarterbacks. You can wait. Um, one of the other ones, and I'll kick it back to you guys. Don't be the guy that that drafts like Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. You know, you see that, that, you, guy. that guy. There's that thinks, no reason for that. Th- they think that they're smarter than the whole league, so they're going to take both of them and then try and work this great trade. That never works out well. Also, know your rules. No, no, is it a four-point touchdown league? Is it a six-point mm-hmm. passing touchdown league? That makes all the world a difference. Make sure that your point system is set up because with the way that this season is, and the way that there's going to be so much COVID talk and, and regulations going down, make sure that you have it set up because once you set it up, you can't go back. There's not going to be a going back. You're going to, you're going to have a, a trouble. There's going to be a block in the road somewhere along the line. So make sure that you go look at the settings and make sure that your commissioner knows, like, hey, bro, extend the rosters. Why, or let's, let's do more roster, more, more um, uh, designated spots for injury in case someone goes down with COVID and you don't have to drop them. What if you have a bunch of bye weeks? All of a sudden, you're having to make decisions that that you wouldn't make on a regular basis. So make sure that you know the rules and make sure that what you know that what you're getting yourself into. No, and the other thing I put out there, if you're a commissioner, put the rules out now. Like what if the season doesn't finish? Does everybody get their money back if we yeah. don't play eight games? You know, put everything in black and white ahead of time so that you don't have people getting all upset if if the season doesn't finish. Are you gonna pay the winner of, of the total points at that at that spot? Or does everybody get their money back? Put it out there now so people aren't questioning you later. We're going to put ourselves out of here because we are out of time, but we're one inch closer to the NFL season. We hope that you enjoyed it. We hope you got you ready for a little bit of teams, and we hope that you're going to hit this last bet here, and it's going to be in the MLS, and there's only one spot to bet it, and I'm going to tell you the game right here. MLS, it's going to be LAFC Seattle over three tonight. That's after the beer settled down and you're winding it down. You're going to go over to my bookie, and you're going to place that bet. Guys, you want to get to my bookie right now. We got NBA going on football starting next week baseball is still going on the best place to do it mybookie.ag it's simple you bet you win they pay don't forget about the ufc golf soccer all this stuff is going on you just want to get to mybookie.ag and use promo code radio that's promo code radio with your first deposit they will match it dollar for dollar get over there right now guys you bet you win they pay my bookie we'll see you next time peace